This is a Tech Briefs Media Group podcast. This is Billy Hurley with NASA Tech Briefs. Today on the Who's Who podcast, we have Waleed Abdullahi, who on January 3rd became NASA's chief scientist. He will serve as the principal advisor to the NASA administrator on agency science programs, strategic planning, and the evaluation of related investments. Waleed, thanks for being with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. First, can you uh, take us through your responsibilities as chief scientist? Sure. It really is, as you said, to provide uh, advice to the administrator and NASA leadership on science activities at NASA across across the agency. Um, we have a very capable and, and uh, productive science mission directorate, but it also helps to have sort of independent advice from someone who can take a broad agency perspective, look at science that also falls outside that directorate, and uh, offer that advice without having the, the responsibility of implementing the programs and the pressures associated with that. So it's really uh, an opportunity for me to focus on just the science, how it's done, what it's doing, what our investments ought to be, and provide that input to the administrator. Now, how Additionally, you- I, I, I'm sorry, I should also add, you know, another, another important function of this job is communicating to OSTP, to OMB, to Capitol Hill, uh, serving as a spokesperson for NASA science to the outside community, uh, our sponsors, stakeholders, and the scientific community. I'm interested in uh, when you said investment, how do you determine what a good investment is? What challenges are there when you're determining your scientific investments? Well, we actually have a pretty rigorous process. Uh, In the simplest sense, it's peer review. We get judgment on our investments from the broader scientific community. And in the case of our our missions and our our more expensive undertakings, we rely on what's called decadal surveys, where this is a a long, you know, 18-month, two-year process where the scientists in a community through the National Research Council at the National Academy of Sciences survey their own community and develop scientific recommendations for priorities for NASA in terms of science objectives and missions, whether that's in earth science, planetary science, astrophysics, life and microgravity science. Each community has its survey and heliophysics as well. Each community has its survey. So that's the broad guidance on the kinds of missions we should be investing in. And then at the the research and analysis level, we put out solicitations and people from all over the country are free to respond to those and we convene peer review panels and select the most meritorious science, those that are best reviewed and are most in line with the objectives we're trying to fulfill. When you're an advocate for for NASA, you're you mentioned before you're dealing with uh, coordination and communication between a variety of agencies and groups. And so, what is your uh, strategy for for managing and leading that that coordination? <laughs> well, the first element of that strategy is to understand the constraints within within which those entities have to work, the pressures that are on them, the objectives they're trying to fulfill. And once 
once you take that step, it's I, I find it easier to uh, identify maybe the the best ways to map those objectives and efforts toward the broader agency goals, but also to have a sensitivity to the the concerns and the issues that may be impediments to to such uh, such a mapping or such an execution. So the first step is to understand. The second step is to demonstrate that I understand and get buy-in so that everybody realizes that we're all trying to move in the same direction and that's to serve the agency's interests and deliver the best science. And then finally, you know, I, I certainly formulate my own ideas, but really draw from the experts, draw from the people who live and breathe the, the day-to-day headaches and triumphs associated with these activities and try and pull that all together in uh, a plan or, or a forward movement that everybody can stand behind at, at best, well, stand behind and at best really aggressively and enthusiastically advocate for, but but at worst, at a minimum, at least support how we get to where we're going, you know, support my decisions through an understanding of how I got to them. There, there won't always be agreement, but at a minimum, there should be clarity as to how decisions are arrived at, recommendations are made, and paths forward are, are set. But really, the absolute foundation of that is understanding what each of these organizations is trying to do, what what their goals are, what their constraints are, what their concerns are, and trying to integrate that into a whole uh, across these entities. What other teams will you be working closely with to determine this strategic agenda? Uh, well, all of the directorates here at NASA um, the most obvious, obviously, is the Science Mission Directorate, and that is very strong. That is is moving forward effectively and productively. But we can't do the science of this agency without the technology, and so I do and intend to work very closely with Bobby Braun, the chief technologist. Um, certainly, there is science in the exploration uh systems, well, it's sorry, the Exploration Mission Directorate, the Operations Mission Directorate, and uh, I have been and intend to work with them. This is more in the area of life and microgravity sciences and human research and education, you know, carrying the great things that NASA does to a, a domain where it can not just serve society through you know, practical benefits, uh, but also in an inspirational way. So I uh, have begun working with and will continue to work with Leland Melvin, the AA of the Education Office, uh, to to turn NASA science into a vehicle for, for inspiring young people to go into these kinds of fields. During your first tenure at NASA, you served as the head of the Cryospheric Sciences Branch at the agency's Goddard Space Flight Center in Greenbelt, Maryland. And you've also yeah, and you've also led campaigns in the Arctic and Antarctic, and did work studying polar ice. 
because of your previous work, will we see a greater emphasis on climate change studies? No, you won't see a greater emphasis because my responsibility is is related to all of the agency science, and it really is up to the science mission directorate and the Earth Science Division to determine those priorities. Uh, however, I firmly believe it's an incredibly important part of the NASA portfolio. We make unique contributions. We do things no one else can, and and really. Uh, shine a light on on these important processes. So you'll certainly see me as an avid defender of these activities, but it's not my intent, nor is it really my place to, to shift the emphasis um, on those kinds of investments. What are you seeing as the major priorities uh, and major areas of focus in NASA's science programs in 2011? Well, we have right now just by virtue of the launch calendar, a lot of planetary missions um, coming up. In fact, just last night, I was at the Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Laboratory for the the insertion of Messenger into the Mercury orbit to make the to become the first uh, mission to orbit Mercury, and and we look forward to incredibly exciting results. We've got um, well, we we've, we've had comet flybys. Asteroid flybys. Actually, I, let me let me back up. <laughs> We're exploring the uh, the solar system really in in new ways, and the Dawn mission is going to be visiting uh, Vesta next year. So there, there's a lot happening on the planetary front. At the same time, we have incredibly exciting Earth science missions going up to to look at ocean salinity. We're working toward mapping soil moisture, ice changes. Um, broader climate observations, um, and just various things, and uh, astrophysics missions. The New Star X-ray Observatory uh, will look deep into the universe at the what's called hard X-ray, uh, high-energy X-ray wavelengths. And so, I can't really pick one focus. I think there's a lot of exciting activities going on, and you know, bring to that the fact that the U.S. has completed um, our component of the space station, and it will become a national science laboratory with um, discoveries we probably can't anticipate even now or just yet. They'll, they'll become revealed as we pursue them. So, I don't want to point to any one specific focus for 2011. Rather, I would say the focus is going to be successfully executing the breadth of activities we have underway. When you look at current uh, scientific priorities, what do you think has been the biggest change compared to years past? Um, I, I don't think I can point to a specific change. Rather, uh, just our ability to look at things in new ways allows us to ask new questions. I think one thing NASA has done is really transform paradigms in many ways from our own Earth, you know, in my own discipline, something as simple as learning how fast ice is capable of flowing on a glacier or an ice sheet just, just by watching through the tools that we've developed or something as as you know, sort of groundbreaking as the expansion rate of the universe.
reverse and the fact that that's accelerating, you know, that we have antimatter, we have dark energy, the, these kinds of discoveries. It's, it, the constant is when you look at new things, you'll often be blown away. The change, the difference is the kinds of things that are blowing us away are, you know, real surprises around every corner. Oh, it's the, the change is what's blowing us away because we keep pushing frontiers and uh, with that comes revelations. What, what skills do you feel like you bring uh, to uh, that make you particularly suitable for, for the position? I think the skills I bring mostly are, are the ability to communicate comfortably to all levels of people, whether it's uh, from the White House or whether it's from my daughter's preschool, mm -hmm. um, because I think the science talent that resides at NASA and in the NASA community is, is tremendous. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm humbled by it, so I don't want to say I, I add large amounts to it, but what I can do is take that take that, those exciting messages, those exciting discoveries, and really turn them into something people can relate to, um, which is critical when you're talking about advancing the science of an agency. So certainly that. I have about well, 12 years of experience with NASA as a civil servant and a couple more as a postdoc. Uh, experience in the academic community and that that breadth of experience and, and at NASA it was at headquarters it was a center as a scientist it was as a manager at a center I've been a professor at a university that breadth of experience that appreciation and understanding of what NASA does and the ability to communicate that uh, I think are the strengths I bring to this position in this role, what's your relationship? What is your relationship with the international uh, science community? Well, it's certainly evolving. I've only been in this position uh, two and a half months, so I'm kind of a, a new, a new face to that community, uh, except for those with whom I've done uh, polar research. But I've, I've. Um, already worked closely, not directly with ESA, but through OSTP, the National Research Council, to um, make assessments and recommendations on U.S. partnerships with ESA, uh, I'll be, ESA, the European Space Agency. I'll be attending the bilateral, uh, NASA-ESA bilateral, at the end of this month and make those acquaintances uh, start to build those relationships, but frankly, there's that's going to take some time for them to get to know me, me to get to know them, again, apart from the community, my own scientific community. So it's a big part of my where I'm going to focus my energy in the coming months and in the coming year, um, because I think it's critical for achieving the, the ambitious projects we are trying to undertake. Do you have a sense if priorities uh, or uh, what are the challenges in aligning the priorities with, with an international community? Do you feel like it's uh, particularly challenging? It is challenging, um, and those challenges really are related to how the communities may prioritize science objectives, the budget cycles of 
uh, within the United States and with our foreign partners um, and the phasing of these things. So, you know, it's not like NASA and Europe or NASA and some potential partner can get together from day one and say, hey, we should collaborate on this kind of activity. We rely on our decadal survey process to inform priorities. The, our partners rely on their own mechanisms of community engagement to inform priorities. And we get our budgets from our Congress. They get their budgets through their mechanisms. And until both of those are reasonably in place, it's very difficult to plan out in detail any kind of robust partnership. So that's a challenge because we we can't really come to the table uh, as far upstream in the process as we would like to, uh, but rather we try and sync things up. And sometimes they don't always sync up. Our community priorities may be different than, than what they come up with. Our budget forecasts or our budget situation may accommodate some things when there's can't and vice versa. So it's really when you take two political and scientific processes and try and integrate them, that's a challenge. But we've had tremendous successes uh, in, in earth science and astrophysics and planetary science and partnering where together we can do far more than any one space organization could. In this role, what is your relationship with industry? Um, I don't have a direct relationship with industry. I, I work to understand, get to know our industry partners and, and look for opportunities for uh, really trying to understand how we can use industry to maximize the science return. But the kinds of things industry is paying attention to, the big ticket items, the missions, the instruments, the, the buses, the, uh, the launches, and so forth, that um, that happens in a bit of a, a different domain. That happens through the peer review competition, through announcements of opportunities. But I do intend to and working toward building relationships with industry so that I have they can come to me for insight on sort of the, the science thinking at NASA, and I can go to them to understand what they can bring to the table, what their issues and concerns are, you know, to the extent appropriate. So I really hope to establish a, a productive dialogue with industry um, to the, in a manner that benefits NASA science. And how about the general public? Um, my the level of my engagement with the general public, or right, right. So, what would your public or what? What as as your role, or um, what does your role call for as far as maintaining a relationship and uh, with with just the general public? Oh, that's very important because I'm I'm uh, one of the faces of NASA science, uh, working with the administrator and the administrator suite. I have, you know, by virtue of my position, a certain, uh, I don't know, status or stature that people may, may pay attention to. And really it is my intention to, to use that um, view people may have of the office to communicate our message publicly because the public 
support us, they invest in us, and they're the beneficiaries of the research. So a, a robust communication effort is certainly part of my plan. In fact, I'm, I'm hiring a person specifically for that purpose. I'm still interested, too, in the kind of criteria that's used to determine appropriate uh, scientific objectives. Can you go into how the uh, NASA Science Council operates and, and that role that it plays in determining that? Uh... Well, sure. The NAC, you're starting to get into advisory structures and, and governance, which is, is something I'm still becoming a little more familiar with. But the, the NASA Advisory Council and the Science Committee of the NASA Advisory Council is just that, an advisory council. And they, they are a group of or groups of very distinguished members of the community who understand NASA, who understand Washington, and who understand science. And uh, by uh, bringing their expertise and experience to bear on sort of what NASA is trying to do and the constraints within NASA must work, they provide advice. They tell us, you know, these are the things you should be thinking about. These are the things you should be looking at. These are probably, uh, or this is probably a good way to implement certain activities. And we, we ask them, should we be doing X? Should we be doing Y? What are your views? This is an incredibly important function because while we get our sort of scientific input and priorities from the decadal surveys, that's really only one dimension of a multidimensional problem. How you do these things in the budget environment that's always changing, in the political environment that changes periodically, requires uh, more of a view of these other variables. So they are certainly an important part of what we do, offering us guidance on what we should be doing, how should we should be doing it, and the implications of certain courses of action. Given potential limitations like budget, uh, what do you? Uh, what are the most urgent uh, calls, you know, or urgent priorities that you hear when you're when you're kind of gathering feedback from everybody? You know, it varies with with uh, whom you ask uh-huh. or who chooses to come forward. The most urgent calls are for more resources. You know, we're in in real year dollars. A lot of people are seeing declines in the resources, and we're seeing cost overruns. So the the, the buying power uh, appears to be diminishing, and we can't fulfill all our priorities. So. Really, the, the most urgent is, again, depending on whom you ask, it's to do the next thing that we're just not quite able to afford right now. Um, that's probably not a very satisfying answer, but the fact is when, we're, when you're working on missions that people, uh, people are involved in, that are moving forward, everybody is supportive of that, it's the stuff we... Uh, can't quite do yet or have to put off a little longer because of resources that really become urgent in people's minds because we're, you know, there's so much discovery to be made and, and none of us likes to have to hold back on that. Sure. What are the key areas of research then, would you say? Um, 
answer that specifically. I mean, certainly uh, as any natural hazard like the earthquakes in Japan remind us, understanding the earth environment, um, bringing to bear the tools that um, are unique to NASA is a major priority, and that's, that's a priority to the administration. At the same time, the, the journey of discovery and, and learning about our neighbors in the solar system or what's happening at the edges of the universe also are important and remain priorities. So I, I haven't been here long enough to pick one thing or another and say this is more important than that across disciplines. Now within disciplines, we can do that because we have the tools. We have the decadal survey. And for example, we just had the Mars Planetary Decadal Survey, and they made very clear recommendations on uh, supporting research and analysis, discovery missions, new, explore, new frontiers, and um, and so you know, in the one sense, they're saying let's let the proposals identify the priorities. But for the flagship missions, they have identified a Mars uh, explorer Kasher um, to to extract a sample from the surface of Mars and hold it until it can be retrieved as the top priority. So within discipline, I would point people to the decadal surveys across disciplines. I'm going to need more time to to sort out what what are priorities and higher priorities and what are lower. Sure. Now, does the the high level role still allow you to do this sort of research work that you're used to? Certainly not at the level, and certainly not um, myself. I still have uh, a couple of students, a few students back at the University of Colorado, and uh, postdoc. Um, with perhaps one coming on board. So the research is going on, but yeah, it's usually colleagues of mine advising these students and mentoring these postdocs. So I have a peripheral hand in it. But, you know, my my commitment when I took this job was to put my, my all into it. And, you know, fortunately, Charlie uh, recognizes the value of keeping that tie to academia. In fact, that's one of the reasons he selected a, a college professor. Um, so I have, I'm, I'm able to do a little of that. But you know, as, as with anything this challenging, uh, there aren't enough hours in the day to do it. So most of my time goes to this job. Sure. And what would you say has been the biggest challenge uh, of the job so far? There is so much to learn. There is so much incredible science. Um, so there's so much to learn scientifically uh, beyond my own expertise of Earth science and, and ice specifically. Uh, so I'm learning a lot about heliophysics, astrophysics, life and microgravity sciences, planetary sciences. And, and it's, it's challenging, but it's great because it's such cool stuff that's going on. And, and as I dive into it, I just get more and more excited by it. Uh, the other challenge is sort of navigating the landscape, trying to try to be effective in an environment that has so many uh, perhaps orthogonal parameters uh, functioning. Um, you know, working with OSTP, OMB, having to get a budget through Congress, uh, 
science community, working with the different directors. There are so many players with, um, you know, motivated by, uh, all motivated by good intentions, but viewed through the prism of their own responsibilities and functions, that reconciling that into what the best uh, path forward is, is, I would say, is a major challenge for anybody in any uh, high-level position at an agency like NASA. What's been the best part of the job so far? Best part of the job has been learning and has been meeting the people who do incredible things and to every day, almost every hour of every day, be reminded of what an unbelievable agency this is and what incredible stuff we do. I feel great even when I'm frustrated by something. There's always something that happens, you know, frequently in a day that just makes me stop and say, this is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And to have the opportunity to uh, be involved, to play a role in the NASA leadership is is great. So the best part of the job is the learning and the constant reminders across many areas of just how amazing the talent is here at NASA and how incredible the things we do are. Yeah, do you have an example of maybe some of the scientific sort of discoveries that have really uh, interested you or has... Um You've been you've been impressed with from a sort of you know it it, it all has but I'll, I'll say planetary science just with the missions that are coming up and the kinds of things they're doing is um, is particularly interesting you know when I showed up there was the the encounter with Temple One and just looking at these these bodies in the solar system as they're as they're I don't know passing by and in I mean, they're just the stuff movies are made of as, as you look at this stuff. The fact that it rains methane on Titan, you know, on one of Saturn's moons, or that there are methane lakes. I mean, it's it's just incredible to think of these these planets that, that, that have such interesting and unique environments. I've gained a real appreciation for heliophysics, for the... the the behavior of the sun, the implications for communication here on Earth. You know, I always knew about that. I always knew about solar storms and the perturbations to the magnetic field, and that can disrupt communication. But when you look at the sun and different wavelengths and some of these images and the flares, and you start to think about what's going on uh, on this this massive this well, it's not as a star, it's not massive, but this to me it's massive. This star that that fuels us, that provides the energy for life on Earth, it's it's incredible. You know? So I, I, it's hard for me to pick one thing because every day there's something new that blows me away. Sure. So uh, just to wrap this up, what do you hope to accomplish this year? This year, I hope. To accomplish getting getting people to understand me, this office, and what it can do for them, and getting to understand what it is they need from me. Um, uh, a major focus is getting the uh, community, our sponsors and stakeholders, and the general public 
to understand the value of NASA science to them, why it's an important investment investment for this nation, and to really be an effective advocate for the programs we have here. Um, ultimately, my my goal is to uh, maximize the value of the science of this agency, you know, and that involves looking across directorates across NASA centers and understanding where the, I mean, this is an overused word, but where the synergies are, where the opportunities are for cross-directorate kind of activities, cross-center activities that no one organization may think to take on itself, but together could do great things that NASA should be doing. Um, I think... Am I, and then my ultimate objective when I leave this job and look back is for people to look at NASA, people all over the country, all over the world, look at NASA and immediately think of the great science we do. You know, so they're, they're not just saying NASA, you know, they, they put people on the moon, they uh, led the space station, they've got the shuttle, they you know, are going to take us to new destinations far into the future. Um, I want them also to think, you know, NASA, That's those are the people that put rovers on Mars. Those are the people that have discovered liquid methane on Titan. Those are the people that help us understand our planet. NASA's the organization that lets us look the edges of the universe in the beginning of time. I mean, these are the kinds of things that uh, I hope to achieve in the long run. But the first step for the coming year is to make sure everybody gets and values what NASA is doing and to make sure that our activities are are well integrated, um, targeted at the best and most valuable science, and serve the nation. Well, thank you, Waleed. We at NASA Tech Briefs really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. My pleasure.